All that worry, all that stress, all that strife for nothing. Wellity, wellity, wellity. Look, I don't want to hear wellity out of you because you were getting awfully emotional the last couple of weeks on this podcast. Sure. You I were care. part of that noise. Noise. You were I part care. of the noise. I'm passionate. I, I was sitting here telling you everything is going to be just fine. Don't worry about it. Great. It's Let's Go Duffalo, a Buffalo lifestyle Bills podcast. Uh, that's Ryan Duffy. Hi. My name is Pat Duffy. Like, Is that your calling card? I just got it out of the way. Okay. You can stop doing it. Or not. Or I can keep doing it. All right, we have a lot to get to today. Woo! And we'll start. Uh, we're doing this on Monday, as we normally do. The mm-hmm. Bills played on Thursday against the Patriots. And I do want to get into some of what happened in that game. 24-10 win over the New England Patriots. We'll get to first place in the AFC. We'll get to first place in the AFC East. We'll get to the Dolphins and their gauntlet. What happened against San Francisco last week. We'll get to the game being moved when Miami's coming to town in a little while. we got all that stuff to get to. Yes. But that game in Foxborough, mm. tell me if I'm wrong, mm. the most complete win the Bills have had in a very, very long time. Um, yeah. Okay, why yeah. are you hesitant? No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly trying to think of, like, other examples that could match up to it. I think it was, it was exactly what that team needed at the exact moment that it needed it. And yeah, for sure, it was an absolute complete win. It was a thwomping. I don't care if it was only 14 points they, ahead. They built off the ground game. James Cook is your leading rusher on the day. He and Singletary both went over 60 yards on the ground. Singletary with a touchdown. James Cook looked good. Yeah, for sure. Good. Caught all of his targets on top of that, too. Like, good good on the ground and good catch on his targets. All right, let's talk on the ground. First of all, I know he's, like, not short, but he's not heavy. You know what I'm saying? Like, he looks like he's 90 pounds soaking wet, and somehow he always manages to fall forward for two or three yards. Yeah. No matter what. For sure. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, he runs into the middle of that line, because they mm-hmm. were running all up the middle with Dawkins being out. Yeah. Quisenberry's ankle slowly falling off throughout the game. Aye, aye, aye. And yet, he would go into the center of that massive human beings. He would disappear for a second, and then he's back on the other side for a gain of four, gain of six, gain of seven, gain yeah. of three. It was nuts, For man. sure. No, it's awesome. I mean, like it's it's like a really cool skill to see out of your your uh, running back to gain, even if it's a half a yard a yard on top of the you know the the traditional gain by just falling in the right direction or just knowing how to take the momentum. Here's it's awesome. What, here's what's even better: they did it against the New England Patriots defense that was top ten in the rush. They had only allowed four rushing touchdowns all season up yeah. to that point. It's like McDermott went out of his way to embarrass Belichick's run defense, which has always been a pride of something he does. Yeah. I mean, embarrassing, I think, is a good way of putting it. I And what's what's interesting, too, though, is that, like, their defense, the Patriots' defensive front, specifically the ends there, Judon and Uche, like, they had a pretty good game, all things considered. They had they had pretty consistent pressure. Okay, yeah. But, but, but I say that because, like, I feel like a lot of people would say like they noticed that, you know, but even so the defense of, of New Eng- the New England Patriots was just not up to the task as all as a unit. Look, you know, the, the ball came out quick. It was obvious that they were Josh knew like if he's coming inside, I'm running outside. If he's coming outside, I'm running inside. Yeah, kind of, you know, on those outside. Sure, like sure. As soon as he felt pressure, there was that one that fumble that he gave up, man. Like, mm-hmm. again, David Quisenberry. Gutted it out. Yeah. Which is funny, too, because, you know, Quisenberry gets banged on a lot by fans. Mm -hmm. But bad ankle Quisenberry is better than good ankle Bobby Hart for some reason, which is amazing that they decided to keep going with Quisenberry. But that one, was it Uche that came around the corner underneath him? Yeah. (laughs) I literally said out loud, I know exactly the play you're talking about. I I said, I was watching it with my wife and I literally said out loud, he did not get touched. (laughs) He literally just like did like an under swim, like absolutely just ripped right underneath, like got low to the ground. Awesome move. Like that's, that's elite level defensive end movement there to get that low and, and maintain your balance and momentum and Questenberry just absolutely ate it it was it was embarrassing but at the same, but you gotta give credit I mean it was a great defensive play it was funny though like you said he did that out loud I yelled literally look out like Josh was gonna hear me through the television I literally <laughs> oh no look out I yelled look out at the television like he did not feel any of that coming yeah that was bad so here's what's strange to me you know the Bills are known for their passing game sure right that offense is electric yep Around this time every year, the Bills seem to find their footing running the ball. Yeah. Like, it's a huge issue in the last three years we're using. It's been a huge issue the last two seasons, beginning of the season. They can't run the ball. they got to find a running game. But all of a sudden, in, like, week 14, or, you know, 12 to 14, the running game is there. Yeah. Can you explain this to me? 
I mean, the way I look at it is you have an offensive line who has been kind of, or at least for the last couple of years and, and this year due to injury, there's been some shifts and movements and like you haven't really had cohesion as a full unit playing all these different, you know, spots and stuff, I guess around like week 10, week 11, 12. I mean, like, yeah, that all of them in some capacity have been playing a lot of games and they can play off of each other. I think that's, that's probably what's contributing to it. I get the melting of the offensive line continues throughout the season. Yeah. But the fact that it happens every year, like it's almost like they start back at zero again, opening day and they have to figure it out until week 11, 12, 13. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. And which is interesting too, because I feel, what was it last season? They had brought back all five offensive line starters, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And did not have a good stretch at the beginning, especially running the ball. You know, I don't know, man. It's strange. Now, with all the talk of the running game, Josh still did Josh things. Two touchdowns, including that amazing sideline touchdown to Gabe Davis. That play bothered me. Which one? The 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 touchdown touchdown to Gabe Davis. So he's running out of bounds. He's literally in midair. He throws it back where Gabe Davis is. When he lets it go, he's hiding behind two defensive backs. Yeah, for sure. He's playing like the world's weirdest game of hide and go seek. (laughs) And then he steps out sideways. Well, like, first of all, when you watch it from the back angle, you know, Josh has had his problems with red zone interceptions. Yeah. And if you were watching that from the back angle, you have to be yelling, what are you, why, why, why are you doing this? Yeah, for sure. And it all works out and it's awesome. He was feeling himself. And he, for whatever reason, when he plays New England, he just has that Superman on his chest, right? Like he does what he wants. What bothered me about that touchdown, first of all, Al Michaels, he's done, right? Uh, (laughs) Al Michaels calling that game for Amazon on Thursday night. He, um, yeah, I, the last couple weeks, and you can make an argument that the last couple Thursday night games have been some wild stinkers. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I just don't think he's, he's in, I think he's got that Bezos check in his pocket. <laughs> that thing is on its way to the bank, mobile deposit for a couple, uh, couple sheets right there. And I think he's, he's just phoning it in at well, this point. But like, it's an amazing play. It's an unbelievable play. And Al Michaels is like, ah, oh, touchdown. Mm-hmm. And then Gabe Davis isn't even celebrating like I mean, it's just so ho-hum now right it's one of the most amazing offensive plays you'll ever see and like when you go back and watch it every time you watch it it becomes more amazing and in the moment i thought he stepped out of bounds because everyone was just standing around and michael was like oh look at that right there wow. <laughs> yeah i um quick point to to that like because if if you recall al michaels and chris collinsworth were the ones who made the the odell beckham jr call all those years ago yes, the one yes. handy catch yeah um he caught that like like and you can hear the the crowd in the background. It's like the spectacle you see it on every reel every single year. I'm not saying that this Gabe Davis catch was as impressive, but like it's up there as far as like everything with like Josh jumping out of bounds, all that stuff. It's an awesome reel. We're going to see it for a long time. You can't have Al Michaels and Kirk, Kirk Herbstreet's call on that play. I mean, oh, like, oh, it's a touchdown. Look at that. He's right. It's, it's, and what, another thing about the Thursday night broadcast, like, I don't know if it's Amazon cheaping out or them maybe buying their directional microphones on Amazon themselves. <laughs> but, like, like the, uh, does anyone else not hear the crowd noise as much as you would on any other broadcast? I mean, it's possible there was no crowd noise in New England. I mean, like, it was an ass it's, kicking it's, all the way through. It's not just there. And okay. I guess, like, I, I, I've noticed it, and maybe it's my tv or i don't know who who knows maybe i'm living in the stone age but like i just feel like it's it's a lot quieter as far as fan and crowd noise on the prime broadcasts than it is on any other uh broadcast for the nfl i'm gonna listen to it for i'm gonna listen for it thursday uh, tell me if i'm wrong like please like i will call you immediately you're an idiot look out sure they can pick you up probably so with the bills running the pass off of the run game yeah it was great. Like, you're right. It was complete domination. It was a 14-point win, but the game wasn't even close to that. The Not Patriots hit on a single play. They hit on a single play. Let's put it this way. It was such a domination. The Patriots' leading receiver was a defensive back that was put in for a gadget play. Yeah. And he had two catches for, like, 51 yards. And if, I mean, credit where credit's due, super fast. Obviously shook, shook a lot of tackles there. And then from Poyer on the back end too. But, it was Hamlin with or, No, I'm sorry. Like, um, Poyer was trying to chase him down, couldn't catch him. I yeah. don't know if he had a bad angle. Well, or I mean, he does have but, 90 pounds of equipment on his elbow. <laughs> right. Seriously, dude. Um, good luck getting it through an airport on that one. <laughs> Although he, he's not cleared to fly. So that kind of works out. Um, no, but, and I know DeMar Hamlin missed the tackle and, and yeah, like he missed the tackle. Don't get me wrong. But like, if he makes that tackle, you know, it's, that's dead to rights in the backfield. So, like, that's a good play by, yeah. by what was it, Jones? I, I can't remember the... I'm trying to remember back to the... the, the oh, Daquan, was it... Da, wait. 
We have Daquan Jones. Yeah, I was going to say, what are you talking about? The receiver, the the New England receiver. Oh, the block. You said the tackle. I'm confused. I'm so, no. Let me start over. Oh, this is a great. This is awesome. <laughs> hey, we're doing great, guys. Let's go what, Duffalo. What I'm saying, the the New England receiver who made the catch. Yes, it was obviously good elusiveness to okay. to gotcha. miss to break the tackle itself. Sure. Gotcha. Um, and I was just I couldn't remember what his name was, but I'm saying like that play was dead to rights in the backfield if Hamlin makes that tackle yeah. and he missed the tackle. Yeah, I mean, look, it happens. It's no big deal. Of course, Everything worked out. But like, and it happened on the what they were opening drive too. So like when it happened, or no, I'm sorry, second, second drive. drive. Yeah. Um, when that happened too, I was like, "You gotta be kidding!" Was me. not worried at all. Good for you. Was not worried in any way. That team is garbage, and we'll get to that in a sec. But can the Bills win games the way they won that game against New England? Because all right, the big game over the weekend was Kansas City and Cincinnati, mm-hmm. and they both have high-powered offenses. Can you go into Kansas City, or can Kansas City come to Buffalo? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And win with eight or nine minute even drives when they can score in a snap, when Cincy can score in a snap. Because we have the ability to score in a snap. Buffalo has that too. Yeah. But the Patriots were letting the Bills have that underneath stuff because they were afraid of the big play, hoping the Bills were going to make a mistake along the way. And the only mistake that was made was that fumble that Josh gives up there. Yeah. Do you trust the Bills against better teams to not make that mistake in seven, eight, nine minute drives? Yeah, I do. You do? Yeah. Based on? Based on their the body of work so far this season. I they, mean, they went through a stretch where they were throwing, they were turning the ball over in the red zone at least once a game. They they had a really good showing of that clock management and control against the Ravens. Uh, they had, okay. they've, they've had the, the, I'm sure there are other examples. They did but it like, against uh, Detroit on that game, the drive where. There you go. Stephon Another good Diggs example. caught the touchdown. Now, granted, the, the defensive fronts of Baltimore and Detroit, respectively, are maybe not up to the par of, of the likes of Cincinnati and Kansas City. Well, but, statistically, New England's is. I mean, again, top 10. They were sure. a top 10 rushing defense, sure. and they just manhandled them yeah. with a for all intents and purposes, third string tackle whose ankle was falling off. Yeah. Like it was amazing. I mean, but, but to answer your question, like, yeah, I can see them doing it, but I could also understand the counterpoint of like, look what happened in the Vikings game. You know, like you're just waiting for that mistake to happen. Yeah. You know? So here's the big question to pull from everything that happened against new England. What the hell happened to bill Belichick? Yeah. His team is a disaster. And here's the thing. He no longer has a single excuse for it. Mm-hmm. He drafted Mac Jones in the first round last year. He brought back all of his former assistants. They used to be head coaches and got fired to coach this team. He is the general manager that spent on free agents this offseason. And this team is terrible. The roster is bad. They're coached poorly. The decisions he's making in-game and pre-game. Bill Belichick dressed two kickers on Thursday night. Really? And I can't figure out why. Yeah, they had a different kicker kicking off. Then kick and field goals. And by the way... That's a Rex Ryan move right there. That, that's exactly what I thought. That's a drought Bills move. And the field goal kicker that you kept missed a field goal yeah. short. Uh, he yeah, doinked yeah. it. By the way, way to go. And I goes, and it's good. Boom. <laughs> yeah, and that wasn't very long, too. Like, don't get me wrong. 48. I can't, 48, 48. Yeah, I can't make a 48-yard well, yeah, field goal. I love how you say that. Like, people were like, but Ryan can make a 48-yard field no, goal. No, but I hate people that are like, you know, you, you see he's wide open. Like, I'm not going to be that guy. You like, should be able to kick a 48-yard field goal. I think he should be able to I'm kick saying, it. That's what I'm saying. Yes, 100% and agree. And if you're going to miss it, you miss it left or right. You don't miss it short. short how do right. you short that? Yeah. So I guess we now come to the conclusion with the way things have gone for Bill Belichick the last three seasons, and it keeps getting worse. He was never a good coach. He was never a good coach. It was all Brady. Without Brady, he is a 500 average NFL coach. And that's not me saying that. That's Sal Capaccio saying that. That's the numbers <laughs> that exist saying that. The flame wars that Sal Capaccio starts on Twitter of of making that exact claim, exact claim. I mean, I'm not no, saying that not you're a wrong. Claim. It's no, a I, I know. Certainty. I know he has the evidence to back it up, and I agree with him. It's just funny to see, like, you know, people just lose their minds. No, but like, I mean, in all sincerity, right? Like, we now have three years of post Brady in New England. You had what three years of pre Brady in. Cleveland and one year in New England, mm-hmm. he's an average NFL coach. Yeah. He's an average NFL coach. And like this idea, the clout that he has in New England, where they let him do whatever he wants and he just keeps screwing it up. Like, can you fire Bill Belichick? You should fire Bill Belichick. There's, I, I, I don't see a universe where that happens. I agree with you. Yeah. But the Patriots would be a better team. 
if you fired Bill Belichick. If Dave Gettleman gets to graciously retire after as poor as he did in, in New York, I think Bill Belichick's going to get the opportunity to to say, I think I've had my run. I'm the, what, second winningest coach in NFL history now? Thanks to Tom Brady. Oh, oh but, of course. But, I mean, like, you know, stats is stats. Look, he's got Matt Patricia, a defensive coach, calling his offense. Matt Jones is screaming at him on the sidelines to throw the ball deep. Belichick has asked after the Bills game, are you thinking about switching up who's calling the plays? He says this late in the season, it'd be too hard. Yeah, you don't want to screw up that playoff run that you're on, Bill Belichick. I just don't understand. Like, I think Matt Patricia is enough of a... I, and I've never met him, but based off of, like, what people... What players have said about him in Detroit... And, you know, just his attitude overall. I think his he's better suited for defense. Well, no, right? he is a defensive coach. Of, oh, oh, well, obviously, yes. But, like, I think there's there are mentalities of, of coaches that seem better suited for one side of the ball versus the other. I don't see him as an offensive player. I mean, I, it's the same as, like, Greg Williams. Like, he kind of need to be a little bit of a jerk, I think, to a be a little bit defensive. of a jerk. That guy, that guy was suspended from the NFL for trying to injure people. He's a person. huge jerk. Am I not, am I I not jerk right? jerk is the understatement of the century. <laughs> well, I also want to keep it clean. But, like, you look at Belichick and what, what's going on in his staff right now. You have Joe Judge, who flames out in New York, right, kind of calling plays with Matt Patricia, who's a defensive coach. And the reason why Matt Patricia's calling plays is because Bill Belichick wanted to promote his son to defensive coordinator. And his son, okay, the mullet and the licking his lips all game. What are you doing? When you're you're winning, it's like you can see that and be like, wow, this guy's just, you know, like a a, a genius, like a torture genius just doing, you know, long division on like a, a window and stuff like, you know, like that, like classic, like, oh, my mind's racing. When you're losing, you yeah. just look like an absolute crazy person. And you know what he's trying to do? He's no. trying to set up his son to take over that job, which is why. You think? Uh, absolutely. Without question. He's, my, he's what, 33, 34? So what's, how old Sean McVay? How old was McDermott when he got the job? Fair enough. All right. I mean, look, uh, that's what's happening here. That's why he wasn't, he wanted Patricia on the staff, but he wasn't going to let Patricia take over the defensive play call. He's promoting his son so he can be his legacy in New England. Damn. By the way, real quick, because we're running long here. Yeah. What do the Patriots do with Mac Jones now? I mean, he, we talked about it earlier in the in the year. Like that quarterback controversy, controversy. I still can't even say it right. Say it. Controversy. At a boy between uh, Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. Like that was entirely on you created that. Okay, you know Bill Belichick. You're right, but pass that. Pass that now. Oh, but I'm saying like like as far as like what do they do with Mac Jones? Your guess is as good as mine. You like, have Mac Jones. You've devalued him. No, it's forget the devalue. He's yelling at your coaching staff mm. on the sideline. Tom Brady smashing a tablet and getting in Josh McDaniel's face is one thing because he's got six Super Bowl rings when he's doing. Which he did it on the sideline in Buffalo. I remember that. I think we lost that game, but even so. I love, I love seeing that highlight. Mac Jones yelling at your coaching staff doesn't seem to me like the Patriot way. Yeah. Right? Like, he embarrassed your coaching staff on national television because here's the thing. He was right. Mm-hmm. He's right. What you're doing offensively is not working. Belichick in the third and fourth quarter was playing to keep the score close. That's all he was doing. Hmm. That's all he was doing. He wasn't playing to win. And hell, the last series, when the Bills have the ball, they don't even burn their timeouts. Yeah. Oh, what? the two-minute warning, yes, you mean? Yes, yes. So, I'm actually, I'm glad you brought that back up because you said embarrassing earlier on, like as far as describing the Patriots' performance. Yeah. The fact that it was a two-score game, you had all of your timeouts, and granted, two minutes is short. Don't get me wrong, but if you could, you know. You got a get, chance. You got a chance. The fact that you let the Bills take a victory formation with two minutes left and all of your timeouts in your pocket and didn't do a thing about it at home, that is the definition, the football equivalent of rolling over on your belly and letting them just scratch you away and have having your tail go to town. That's a perfect way to end it right there. All right, so we're past New England. We're on to New York. We'll talk about the Jets game later in the show. But we have to get into the amazing series of events that happened from Thursday uh-huh. into Sunday. Because we had said the last podcast we did, you know, the next three weeks are going to determine how the Bills season goes. Uh-huh. And who knew it would take a matter of four days. Yeah. We'll get into it. Next, let's go Duffalo, the Aussie app, where we get your podcast.
determined how the Bills season was going to go. We went to sleep a couple of times, woke up, and all of a sudden we're all set. Woo! Everything is fine, guys. Yippee! Let's go Duffalo on the Odyssey app where you get your podcast. Like, subscribe, leave us a comment, tell mm-hmm. us we're beautiful. You say that every time. I know, and I want nobody's told me I'm beautiful yet. No. I've been reading all of the comments. And Zero people. Not a single <laughs> you're beautiful. So it has been a hell of a week for the Buffalo Bills. Hockey sticks. H-E, H-E double hockey sticks. Okay. We're a clean podcast. Let's start with the Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins lose to the 49ers, which is great. Yeah. But it's the way that they lost to the 49ers, which uh-huh. makes it even better. Go like, on. Okay. So, first play of the game, Miami hits a 75-yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. Next series, Jimmy Garoppolo goes down. He's out for the rest of the season. Right. So, it looks like Miami is on a smooth sailing. And as a Bills fan, I'm watching this happen going, of course. Zoinks. They have had a cake five weeks where they've won five games straight. Of mm-hmm. course, they're going to catch this break and you're going to have to hear Miami fans. <laughs> Best defense we just played in, in Candlestick or wherever Levi do. And for the rest of the game, <laughs> Miami proceeded to lose to the last pick in this year's NFL draft. He was Mr. Irrelevant. Brock Purdy, quarterback of the 49ers, third string quarterback of the 49ers, was Mr. Irrelevant this season. That's awesome. You have got to be kidding me. Hey, he was drafted. All this hype around Miami for the last five weeks, beating up on garbage teams, and you went in and you laid that egg against the 49ers. Real quick to that point, just before we get off of it. The what a month or a couple weeks for Mister Irrelevance. Chad Kelly winning the the Grey Cup. Okay, nobody cares that Chad Kelly won the Grey Cup. And for those who don't know what the Grey Cup is, it's the championship of the Canadian football. If League. you're listening to this show and you watch NFL football, you know what the Grey Cup Just is. Just want to make sure everyone's included. Okay, the Grey Cup. Swag Kelly goes comes cold off the off bench, the bench and wins, and wins the Grey cup. cup. He was a backup quarterback for the Toronto Argonauts. That's awesome. That he just earned a contract of a lot of tunies right there. I don't think he did though. And then also Brock Purdy, Mister Irrelevant this year. That's this two. Past. I go. You go. What a week for the last two weeks of Mister Irrelevant. Two stories. Oh, okay. Tell me the one uh, of them how? happened in the NFL. <laughs> the other in a game that nobody watched. Fun fact: We went to high school with a guy who ended up being Mister Irrelevant. That's true. Kevin McMahon. Yeah. Aquinas' his own. Uh huh. Mr. Irrelevant. Oh, God, I was so excited for him. Uh-huh. Do you remember what happened? No. So oh, enlighten me. Real quick. Kevin McMahon played football with him in high school. He goes to Maine. He gets drafted Mr. Irrelevant. We're all excited. Go he's, Bears. He's playing for, no, Raiders. He was on the Raiders. Oh, I, I'm sorry. He went, he Black for, Bears. Okay, Black I'm Bears, sorry. Yeah. Shut up. He's playing in the Hall of Fame game. We're all excited to sit down and watch him. All me and my buddies were watching the game. He gets into the fourth quarter, and he gets, like, knocked unconscious. If I remember correctly, he got hurt in that game. Oh, good. And we were all there, like, oh, Kevin. Oh, oh no. Literally, everybody just saw that. He was also on the Indianapolis Colts roster when they won a Super Bowl, but he was signed to the practice squad a week before, and I never, I haven't talked to him since. Yeah. I don't know if he got a Super Bowl ring or not. Bummer. I thought, awesome. he also, I thought he also was on the practice squad for the Giants the year they beat the, the Patriots for the Maybe that was the too. one. I couldn't remember. Either anywho, way. Anywho, anywho. If you're listening to this, Kevin, I hope you're doing well. So anyway, uh, Miami Dolphins lose to a third-string quarterback. Who is Mr. Irrelevant? Mr. Irrelevant. They have another West Coast game Sunday in prime time against the Chargers. By the way, they're staying West Coast. Mm, makes why, sense. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. It's legal. And that primetime game against the Chargers now becomes the first of two primetime games in a row because the bigger news this week, the Bills-Dolphins game on Monday announced it's been moved to primetime Saturday night, December 17th on the NFL Network. Mm-hmm. Bills-Dolphins primetime at home in Buffalo. Is this good or bad in your mind? I think it's great. Oh, yeah? I love it. Why? Because they're going to be... So, okay, they're playing two... I mean, the Chargers aren't... Chargers are a legitimate team. I'm sorry. Okay, Look, okay. I mean, they have talent. Their offense is formidable. Okay, fair enough. Um, so they're playing a good team in the Chargers. I understand, like, it's it's a whole week later, but it is somewhat of a short week. You got to travel all the way across back home into warm, warm weather... Hey, Miami. And now you got to go right up to, to Western New York in the hopefully bitter cold. Today yep. was like 45 degrees outside, so I hope in two weeks it's a little bit chillier. Well, it'll be a night game, so it'll be colder than it would be in the day. There you go. And, um, and yeah, now you got to come into Buffalo and back up all the, the, the garbage you have been talking for, for the last, what, since week three? Yeah. Oh God, I want it so bad. Bills fans I want cannot blood. wait. I know. I, I know. can't wait. And honestly, too, like I'm not, no discredit to the Dolphins. They are they are not a bad team. They're a bad they are. Team. They're. A, I don't. They're I don't think team. so. They're a good. Did you team. hear me say they lost to Brock Purdy? Okay, I'm sorry. Tell me about all the tape they got to study on Brock Purdy. Oh, you're kidding me, right? But, I, but I'm also, but also too, like the 49ers have really good offensive weapons. So it's not just Brock Purdy. 
You have George Kittle. You have uh, Debo Samuel. You have other people. Brock Purdy. Okay, I'll, my point is that, like, it's not... And honestly, too, their defense of the 49ers played a, an outstanding well, it's game. it's the best defense in the NFL. Sure. So they had they had six points, or they had a, a, a recovery for a touchdown, sure, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and a, a interception to seal the game on top of that. Like, they played really well. Okay. But my uh, but all of this back to like I can't wait for for the Dolphins to come to Buffalo. Oh, I cannot you. wait. I'm with you. Also, that game being Saturday night cost the Dolphins a day of preparation too. Yeah, right. Awesome. Like you have to come back to Miami from the West Coast. You lose a day to practice. You're going up to Buffalo. Now the hot lights are on. Back to back weeks. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Dolphins beat the Chargers on Sunday night. I don't. Yeah, I'd be interested to see how they respond after a week like uh, this week. And I know Tua is a little banged up after that game. So yeah, I said he's got an ankle, but uh, Coach Skateboard said everything will be fine. <laughs> Coach Radical. The Bills will be playing in their seventh primetime game this season. Uh, crazy. And the playoffs are still on the table, so there could be more. Yeah. It really makes you laugh. Remember back in 2020 when we got three and it became four primetime games? We're all like, oh, man! Primetime oh, bills. Primetime bills! 26 shirts, primetime bills. Everyone's by. Well, we're on TV now. Whoop-de-doo. They're playing 17 games and seven of them are in primetime. Insane. And who knows? You know what? Like, I mean, that Cincinnati game, who knows what happens with New England by the end of the season? That yeah. could be a primetime game yeah. when everything shakes out. So as of right now, Mm-hmm. The Bills control their own destiny for everything. And that brings us to the second game everyone was paying attention to on Sunday, Chiefs-Bengals. Yeah. Chiefs losing to the Bengals puts the Bills top in the conference. Woo. The Bills now have five games to go mm-hmm. to get home field advantage throughout the playoffs. You control your destiny. You're punching your ticket right there. Let's go. All right, so we got good news to start. Sure. The good news, the last two years, your Buffalo Bills have finished the season with win streaks of four games and six games. For whatever reason, the Bills get stronger as the season goes on. They tie up the loose ends, and they take care of business. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, this shouldn't be a problem. The bad news is, this might be the toughest of all their end-of-season schedules the last three years. Yeah. You got Miami, which you think is a good team. I think they are, yeah. And you got Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Both of those in prime time, yep. Cincy on the road. Yes. So, if you want it, you have to go and get it. Yeah, for sure. Does Cincinnati scare you? I think that they're they're a tough out. I don't. No team scares me. What? It's not the way you were talking like the last three weeks, man. Yeah, but I but I still said like there's no team that I'm scared of. It all depends on the bill. Okay, I take that back. You know who scares oh, me? Oh, here we go. The Bills scare let me. Let me flip your question out of chain. You didn't see that coming, did the, you? The Bills scare me. The Bills scare me. I'm a Bills fan, but they scare me. Okay. I talk like this, I'm right. You got it. I'm like this. Okay. But you were saying, I'm sorry. No, yeah. The Bills scare me. Yes, that's what I said. Why do the Bills scare you? Because it comes down to them whether or not they're going to execute or not. Uh, why? Why, did why are you so upset? When the Bills are healthy. It's not a question of execution. Okay. All of the issues that have shown up in the last month and a half have come down to roster problems. And if you want to blame the general manager for having not enough depth at certain spots, like wide receiver, for example, fine. You can do that. But it's not like a Bills team that walks in with the bodies that they have ready to go is going to let you down. It just doesn't happen. That's not how the world or the NFL works. Too bad, so sad, play the game. If you're, I'm sorry, every single team gets affected by, by injuries. Not every single team has been dealing with what the Bills have been dealing with in the last six weeks. Okay. It's been brutal. It's been absolutely brutal. I'm not denying that, but I don't like using that as a crutch. I think that the, that, that at the end of the day, it comes down to, I'm not afraid of any opponent Uh because I know that the Bills can execute well. I know that they can, but we also see when things don't go well, the team begins to unravel a little bit. I disagree with the unravel. I don't think it's unravel. I think it comes down to depth. Like, you don't have the depth, the horses, to finish the game out. And that's what we saw against Minnesota, and that's what we almost saw against Cleveland in the end there. That's what we saw against Detroit, right? Like, it took your major horses to get the job done for you. Hmm. And look, man. That roster against New England was the healthiest it's been in five weeks. Yeah. And they went out and they handled business and had fun. And that's without Dawkins and uh, Von Miller Thank playing you. also. Thank you. you. Know? So. Real quick. Uh, yeah. I know we've been talking a lot about the Patriots and sure. Mac Jones and everything. Yeah. Or Corkle. How funny is it 
to watch Mac Jones run around. Because yeah. I know he's a professional athlete and everything. Uh-huh. He runs like Dwight's cousin from Moe's. the office. I was just yeah. going to say, he, looks, <laughs> he runs like Moe's. Uh-huh. He looks like the least athletic human being you've ever seen running with the football. Yeah. And multiple listeners, thank you, from the break room on CMF, I requested on the air, sent me videos of him running from pressure with the Benny Hill music put over the top of it, <laughs> and it is absolutely perfect. Sure. How is that man? Like, you watch Josh Allen run with the football. That guy's horrifying. Yeah. Josh Allen hurdled six defenders to get a first down in the red zone. I, I, okay, we got to call it like we see it. Look. Josh Allen is a great runner and, a, and obviously like a very intimidating and forceful person when it comes to you know him being a ball carrier. Sure. But he kind of runs a little strange too. He's got the straight arm kind of like running around too. It's it's Let's just call it like we see it. His, his 40 in the NFL combine, the draft combine, uh-huh. he ran like an idiot. And you can go look it up if you haven't seen it. He he runs athletically now. I don't want to hear anybody. How dare you? It's like his wrists are just like completely disengaged, and his hands just flap when he's running that forty. It's yes. pretty funny. I, but, but it's funny they they have like teachers that teach you how to run the fastest way possible. Because uh-huh. there was a kid I played baseball with. We were younger Scott Geralibo, mm-hmm. who would run like that too, and I didn't understand it. But his dad was like a strength and conditioning coach. There has to be something behind. Sure, it. rhyme and reason. Okay. Bottom line is this: Josh Allen runs better than Mac Jones. Agreed. The Bills are in first place in both the AFC and the AFC East. Mm-hmm. They control their own destiny. Mm-hmm. And the Miami Dolphins, after that Bills game is over, in my humble opinion, will be three full games out of first place in the AFC East. Interesting. You heard it here first. Okay. Oh, well. Yeah, okay. You know, that would make sense. I'm just doing the math in my head real quick. So yeah, I'm, no, you're right. What I'm trying to figure out here, and I don't have a calculator in front of me. Mm-hmm. So we got five games left. Yeah. So if the Dolphins were to lose... To the Chargers uh-huh. and then to the Bills. No, there would still be three games left where they could make up those three games. They're one game back record. But if we had the same record, they would be head to head win over. They'd no. be half game ahead. Yeah, I'm, what I'm saying is, I was hoping we're going to be a game off. If they would have beaten Miami and Miami, the Bills could have locked up the AFC East, probably, depending on what happens with the Jets in that game in prime time against the Dolphins. Oh, okay. I but we're going to be a game off if I'm if my math is right. God, how glorious would that so be? So then, I mean, to your point, too, like if if it does come down to the the last game of the season potentially being flexed to a primetime game and it's against New England, could the Bills... Could the Bills... I'm sure they could. there are ways for them to clinch the division prior to that. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, the Bills were already game up. Yeah. If you win the game against Miami, you would, unless the Jets go on a crazy winning streak, be mm-hmm. able to clinch it in week 16. Yeah. Okay. That's if you beat Miami. Yeah. So, here we go. Math. Buckle up, baby! Ooh. Let's talk about respect. Ooh, yeah. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Yes. Because the Bills are first place in the AFC. First place in the AFC East. Really? Yet, for some reason, no one was talking about them today. We taped this on a Monday. Mm-hmm. In fact, people were besmirching them. Besmirching? Besmirching them. The besmirchers. We'll get to that. And uh, Ryan is a man who wears an emotion. His emotion's on his sleeve. I can see the panic in Ryan's eyes. He once again forgot to figure out what's making him sad. I know, panic. We'll do it next. Let's go Duffalo, the Odyssey app. Right, we get your podcast. Seasons, your Buffalo Bills made it to the AFC Championship game. They played in the greatest playoff game in the history of NFL football. Woo! They are sitting in the number one spot in the AFC right now, controlling their own destiny with five games to go. But based on what's been going on in the national news, you wouldn't have any idea. Mm-hmm. Because when it comes to who's going to win the AFC, um, I heard the Bills mention mm. only as to why it wasn't going to happen. Interesting. You're hanging out. Let's go Duffalo, the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast. We'll get to that in just a second. But Ryan is a man, my brother here. Hi. He wears his emotions on his sleeve. Always. And he gets sad. So today we find out once again, what's making Ryan sad? Well, it's getting cold out, you know. It's becoming one of the uh, times of the year that, you know, holidays are always fun, but... Who likes getting up in the light, you know, in the cold? And when you get up, you're cold, your body's aching, you don't like it. It takes you a little bit to walk around. Warm up the the old uh, 
the old chassis there. So what's making me sad is when I see poor David Questenberry walking after a play that he completely ate turf on and he gets up and he's practically standing in ballet first position with his feet completely perpendicular with his his uh, elbows okay i can't help but think this poor man should be in a hospital right now <laughs> and not on on the field and at one point during the broadcast like i saw him there was a quick shot earlier in the game He's sitting on the, um, it was after the Bills' first drive. He's sitting on, like, the medical table, so not in the tent. And, like, and there's this poor guy with so much tape. <laughs> and he's just wrapping this thing. It's crazy. And, like, and and even Questenberry kind of looks at him, what I gathered from it, and he just, like, shakes his head like, uh-uh, uh-uh. And then you see him back out there in the next series. Like, this poor guy. No, Someone get him some help. It was really impressive, man. Like, again, we talked about it earlier, but he gutted his ass out. For sure. For and, that game. And don't get me wrong, man. I know he hasn't had a, a, a stellar season, but, like, you know, kudos to you for, for you know, making it work. Well, I guess making it work. There were a couple plays that were uh, a tad suspect well, there. Hey, but look, man, all things considered, it was a hell of a performance by David Christopher. Of course. Yeah, no, for sure. So that's, I, I'm happy that he's uh, feeling better. And then I'm also happy that Deion Dawkins is uh, trending in the right direction. Okay. So, uh, like we just brought up, the Bills are the top seed in the AFC. But it's been a weird couple of days after all this went down. Because all of the talk at least as far as Sunday night into Monday evening as we tape this, mm -hmm. has been about Cincinnati and Kansas City winning the AFC. And all I've heard all day long is how Cincinnati is the best team in the conference. Hmm. So I'm watching ESPN this afternoon. I watch sure. NFL Live every day. It's like my favorite show. Do you well, watch NFL Live? Sports. Um, yes. Yes, I do. Okay. Big Swagoo, Mita Kimes, Big Man Ball in my favorite segment. Uh -huh. One of the arguments made by Lewis Riddick on ESPN as to why the Bengals should be jumping Buffalo in the power rankings of the AFC. He says, well, they just beat the Chiefs and the Titans, which is something the Bills also did weeks <laughs> ago. And you beat Kansas City in Arrowhead, yeah. right? Uh -huh. It doesn't make sense as to why Buffalo is getting overlooked, but it happens every season. Hmm. Like last year, everyone was ready to crown the Patriots as kings of the AFC East. Yeah. Right? And there were legitimate football people asking the question, over the next 10 years, would you rather your quarterback be Josh Allen or Mac Jones? After that, was it Monday night game, the wind tunnel game yeah. last season? Like, yeah, that's all we heard for a while. You know, it is it is still New England's, uh, you know, seat to lose, even though the Bills won it the year before. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, that was a fluke. You know, New England's back. Here we go. So then the same thing has happened this year with the Dolphins, right? Tua for MVP. The Dolphins are unstoppable. Meanwhile, the Bills are winning three road games in 12 days while missing half of their roster. Hmm. And now it's a thing with the Bengals. And it boggles my mind. Because it's not like the Bills, what? I'm no, serious. And it boggles my mind. It does. Like, I can't wrap my head around why this keeps happening. The Bills have the national stars. Mm -hmm. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, they have national commercials, right? The Bills have the experience of the players on the roster. You have this core of the roster has gone to the playoffs four of the last five years, right? Yeah. You have the coaching pedigree. Same thing with McDermott. He's been there for the last five years. No one's going to get this reference, but you sound like Connie Britton and Dirty John when she's confronting him. Like, why do you want to hurt me, John? I don't get that reference. Is it for my money? I don't get that reference. Why are you trying to hurt me, John? Why would you say, <laughs> hey, listen, if you have to start a reference with no one's going to get this. But the ones that do are going to appreciate Nobody's going to get that. I can think of two people. One of them listened to the show. Okay. <laughs> Love Connie Britton. Explain to me why... Nobody believes in the Bills every single year. Explain it to me. Okay, I'll tell you two things. One, don't care because I would much rather have the, the Bills be the underdog underneath the radar and then loopy swoopy right into the playoffs and you got the one seed in the bye. So you go ahead and gas up whatever AFC okay. team you want to. Perfectly fine by me. The Bengals are awesome. Holy crap, they're never going to... They're, 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 if they play the Bills and the Bills win, it's going to be a fluke. You got to blot away to the playoffs. Okay, fine. You got to blot You got to blot You got to get on me for banging on the stripes a couple weeks ago. You're coming with a yada blada, yada blada. Connie Britton reference. I don't even know who um, that is. Connie, all right, we'll talk about that later. But, but we, um, we will not. 
Um, but my my other point was people are talking about it because it's fresh in mind. It was it was the right, recency bias. Yesterday. Fine, 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 fine. Right. Recency bias. Fine, fine, fine. Who cares? No, I mean, I, you're right. I'm with you to the point where I would rather everyone be gassing up other teams. Sure. Fine, fine, fine. It's just weird to me. Kansas City had a rough patch last season. Yeah. All you heard was, watch out, Kansas City's lying dormant for a little while. They're going to come back, and they're mm-hmm. going to do their thing. And they did, right? Yeah. You saw them with the Patriots for years and years and years. You know, they might be done. Oh, no, no, they're just lying dormant. They're going to come back, and they're going to do their mm-hmm. thing. Why do the Bills not get that benefit of the doubt? I mean, I mean, have they, I mean, this, the success has been sustained. Yeah. Right? You're Knock on wood, you're going to win your third division title in three years. Yep. You're going to be in the top seeds of the AFC here. What did the second half of the first AFC East's winning season look like? What the, the hell did you just say? Because you're saying, like, your point is that, like, why don't the Bills get the benefit of the doubt that they're going to get hot later on in the season, even if they've had three? You're talking two years, years ago. Yes. So 19, 2019. 2019. Because the last year they got hot after the... Wait, no, it was 2020. Uh, 2020 yeah last year they got hot after the tampa bay game yes right and overtime lost to tom tom brady exactly so then like that's no doubt like that's when you want to get consistent that's when you want to get good awesome you can make the argument that the bills are trending in that direction this season the bills got hot after that hail mary game in arizona two years ago okay so yep okay gotcha they didn't lose a game after that. They did not until lose the a game AFC championship until the AFC championship. So yeah, no, I mean, I could see your point there. Like that's three years in a row. If you know, provided this year continues to trend that God way. God willing. Um, but yeah, no, that's three years in a row that like you've seen the bills kind of turn it on in the second half of the year. And um, yeah, no, maybe they should get more respect. But I don't care. And it's funny. I do find it funny. Like we're begging for respect when we just told you they're going to be on primetime seven right. times. Like I get <laughs> the irony times. of that. I get the irony <laughs> of all of that. Okay, fine. But like for, because I'm, 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 I love after the Bills have a weekend that breaks their way to turn on the national sports heads mm-hmm. and hear them talk, right? It's the greatest feeling in the world. It's awesome. But for, like I'm punching around all day on television, on the radio, and all I'm hearing is Cincinnati, Kansas City, Despite the fact that the Bills in Vegas are still the odds-on favorite at, if I'm not mistaken, plus 370 Mm. to win the Super Bowl. Better odds than the Chiefs. Way better odds than the Bengals, who are like eighth on the list at plus 1,200. Mm -hmm. Where is this coming from? Yeah. Like, Josh Allen is lovable. Stephon Diggs is lovable. Yeah. Von Miller is a legitimate NFL superstar. Mm -hmm. Sean McDermott is, I mean, okay, he's got no charisma. But the point I'm making. He claps a ton. You have the talent and charisma and stories to make them a national thing. And I know Buffalo's a small market. It's not like Kansas City's got skyscrapers. They're knocking down to build bigger skyscrapers. Right. Cincinnati. Name me one thing about Cincinnati. Skyline. Exactly. It's a chili (laughs) with spaghetti under it. The Cincinnati Bengals, before the Bengals got hot, were being outdrawn by a minor league soccer team in their own stadium. And I'm not making that up. You can Google it. Interesting. A Rochester Rhinos level soccer team was outdrawing the Bengals in their brand new stadium on the river across from the state of Kentucky. Bummer. And for some reason, the Bills get zero acknowledgement, zero benefit of the doubt, zero respect. When here's the thing, Josh Allen has shown time and time again he can just do it on his own if he wants to. Yeah. Give that man the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe this year it's playing into like, you know, kind of close games against the Browns, close games against the the Lions, the red zone picks. The Bengals lost in overtime to the Steelers. In week two, man. Week that one. Count. It Was does it? Oh, count. I'm sorry. And then they lost to the Browns too. Yes. Uh, outright. That's early on in the season. You know that doesn't count. It does count. Wait, really? At the end of the season. Of course it counts on the on the win loss column. It doesn't column, count. It doesn't but, you, but it's not counts. the same team. You know that that's not the same team. Don't get like you can give me a, a straw man argument, but come on, you know better than that. What are you that's, talking about? You know that the team at the beginning of a season is not the same team you play at the end of the season. Okay, then, okay, you're telling me that the Titans are the same team that they were in week two? Yes, absolutely. You're crazy. No, I'm not crazy, and I'll tell you what. So you're saying that that win doesn't matter? You're saying that, of course it matters. You're, you're making the argument then that the Bengals are better than the Bills right no, now. No, I am. Of course it matters, but I'm saying like you can't judge a current state and makeup of a team based off of a game way in the beginning of the season before things were clicking properly okay. or before they found their footing okay. or or leaned into the things that they do well or fixed the things that they were doing poorly. So then the Titans team that the Bengals beat. 
two weeks ago is better than the Titans team that the Bills beat. I didn't week. watch the game. I don't know. Well, no, I'm asking. No, based on your logic, look, like you, now you got pinned and you're panicking. I'm not pinned and no no panic whatsoever. So then, okay, let me ask you this. Did sure. You, did you watch the Bengals Chiefs yesterday? Yes. Okay. Is that Chiefs team better than the Chiefs team the Bills beat? Is that bye? Chiefs is team? Is the Chiefs team yesterday uh-huh. better than the Chiefs team the Bills beat right before their bye? Yeah, I think they were. Okay, so then you are making the same argument that Lewis Riddick made today on ESPN that the Bengals are better because they just beat the Chiefs and Titans. I'm not saying that they're better. I think the Bills are the better team than both of them, but I think that the, like, obviously yesterday. Not what I'm hearing here. Not what I'm hearing here. Okay, then you're you're not listening. No, I'm listening. Me, I heard you say, I heard you say, uh huh. That wins against better opponents in the later in the se- season matter more. Did you not just say that? No, I didn't say you that said it's at more all. Impressive win. No, I. Are you serious? You just said that teams are clicking, which means the team is better late in the season, which means it would be a more impressive win. This is actually really concerning that that's what you hear. That what? Okay, explain it to me then. What I'm saying is that you can't judge the team itself and say that a, a game earlier on in the season, win or loss, is the equivalent to a game later on in the season, win or loss, because they are different teams. Okay. The team itself is a different team. The opponent is a different team. And you- there are teams that trend up and down throughout the course of a season it's not like this it's not a, an equivalence and you think the titans have trended up since the bills game yeah i think so so then cincinnati beat a better titans team yeah do you think the chiefs have trended up since the bills game the ch- yes okay so then cincinnati beat a better chiefs team yes so that means cincinnati has two better wins over those teams than the bills which is what the argument was in espn today which made me laugh in that face of that man okay well i disagree with that argument and i think that you the- just made- no, no, dude. Like, okay, I'll rephrase. Okay, that all things fine. Sure, that's that's great. I think the Bills are a better team than they were when they played the Tex. Or I'm sorry, when they played the Titans in Week Two, okay. when they played the Chiefs in Week Four, Six, Six, whatever it was earlier in the season. And I think the Bills are the better team now than the than the Cincinnati Bengals. Why? Like, because I feel like they have everything when it's clicking properly. You can't. I don't, I'm not going to put those words out into the universe. When things are going well for them, they can execute on offense extremely well in many different lanes, and their defense has continued to play stout despite all of the injuries that they've had. See, that's weird. Because I was just listening to this podcast a second ago called Let's Go Duffalo. Oh my God. I was just listening to it, and I heard a guy on there, really handsome young man, say that uh, the, Bills, well, the Bills are the team that scares him the most because they can beat themselves. Yes. That's what I heard. Yeah. And now all of a sudden. Well, they can 100%. Like, all these things can both be true. The, just, Bill, the Bills can be an, uh, the absolute best team in the league, and they can also beat themselves to where an, an opponent can beat them. The best teams in the league don't beat themselves. Put that on a t-shirt. It's on every That's t-shirt. That's my walk-away moment. Thank you, Mr. Instagram poster, putting it out there, like, defense wins championships I was thinking, over like a Lake Tahoe backdrop. I was thinking more like and one t-shirt you used to get in the mall. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like in that, like the, what do you call those things? In the middle of the mall. It's not a store. Oh, like the little like um, kiosks. kiosks. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And you know, they weren't like authentic and one t-shirts, not right? But you just bought it anyway. No, thank you. I do not want to have a hat embroidered with my name on it. <laughs> I do want a hat embroidered with my name on it. I just don't want it from that guy. No, thank you. I don't need a cell phone case. I do, however... Find myself interested in some Hillshire Farms or Hickory Farms, the sausage people. Remember, they're always set up. Yeah, I don't like that sausage. Really? No, I mean, you do you. You want a funny story? Sure. Because I don't think our grandpa listens to this podcast. He does not. Okay. So a couple of years ago, real quick, Mm -hmm. we're walking through the mall. Sure. And we're trying to figure out what to send our grandpa, who lives in Florida, Mm -hmm. you know, for Christmas. And we're we're, we're at the closest relationship. Sure. He's always liked you more than me, though. Has he? Well, how, how little does he like you? Yeah, dude, every single party always gravitates to you, and you put the charm on him just like, hey, hey, Grandpa. It's weird. So we're walking by, and my wife, she goes, why don't we get your grandpa some Hillshire Farms, and we'll send him down to Florida. And I go, Hickory Farms. Hickory Farms. See, you did it. I, I did go, it too, yeah. I look at my wife, I go, Hickory Farms is what you send somebody when you don't care about them. Oh, like, really? That's the ultimate I don't care about you gift. Oh. Three weeks later. Package of Florida. Hey, Grandpa sent us a Christmas present. Hickory Farms. <laughs> <laughs>
He doesn't like you after all. Thanks, Grandpa. <laughs> it's a candle that tastes like sausage. I just keep thinking about you sending Hillshire Farms like raw meat through the mail. <laughs> so I guess all things equal, it's probably better to get hickory. The Bills are taking on the Jets in what has now become a massive game. Every game for the rest of the season is now a massive game. This Jets defense looks the same. The offense a lot different, though. Yeah. We'll get into it next. Let's go Duffalo, the Odyssey app, where we get your podcast. all those losses in the division and we got the Jets coming to Orchard Park. It's time to make a statement. Come on. It's Let's Go Duffalo on the Odyssey app. His name is Ryan Duffy. My name is Pat Duffy. Hello, Patrick. Thank you for having me. Thanks for having me. All right, so it is a revenge game on Sunday. Revenge. Got to make up for what happened in the Meadowlands. Revenge. And you have to do, if you're going to keep the top seed, this game, every game for the rest of the season is a must-win game because I, I highly doubt the Chiefs are going to lose again. They have one of the yeah. most ridiculously easy schedules. They get the Broncos twice, Seahawks, Texans, and I forget who the last one is. Ugh. Doesn't matter. Terrible. you got to win out if you're going to get that top seed. Yeah. Okay. In this Jets game on Sunday, the Jets' defense is essentially the same. The offense, however, is going to be a lot different. Yep. Mike White. Will mm-hmm. be your starter against the Bills on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And Mike White has played two really good games the last two weeks. Yeah. Splitting a win and a loss. That being said, he did them against two not-so-great defenses. Yeah. Right? Minnesota, we saw how bad that defense can be when they were in Orchard Park. Yeah. Okay. And the Bears, yikes. Yeah. Yikes. And that was a game he almost was head-to-head against Nate Peterman. Can we talk about that real quick? Yeah. Please. Quick, quick aside. Mm-hmm. How does that man still have a job? I have no clue. I think we talked about it earlier in the season. I really don't know. No, like, but think about it. Yeah. He is statistically mm-hmm. one of the worst quarterbacks in NFL history. Yeah. Legit. Mm-hmm. And he has managed. He's going to get his NFL pension, which good for him. Yeah. He has to be the smartest backup quarterback on planet Earth. Yeah. And he has to be angling to coach. Mm-hmm. Right, like that's the only way that I'm accepting this. But even with that, how do the Chicago Bears justify keeping him on the practice squad? He's QB three, right? He's Trevor Simeon's number two. Yes, yeah, because Trevor Simeon with a bad quad started over Nate yeah. Peterman on. So he hurt his quad in warmups and lost to the Jets. Yeah, I he has to. Peterman has to be either a really good glue guy or has a really good mind. What's funny is like. Obviously, the Bills take a chance on him, wins the starting job over Josh Allen, uh, Josh Allen's rookie year. Obviously, and we talked about that, and no need to get back into that. And obviously, it doesn't work out for him in Buffalo, right? Gets picked up by by the Raiders. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, you know, John Gruden was, and probably still is, like one of the guys that I think would like, just goes against the grain, you know? Well, I really, no, I really no, like John Gruden, Peter Man, man. John, John Gruden, <laughs> when he was doing the ESPN draft coverage, yep, uh, yep. loved Nate Peterman coming out of college. Yeah, his, uh, his what, that show, Coach's Room or whatever yeah, it was, yeah. like he had nothing but glowing things to say about Nate Peterman. Um, so I just always assumed that he remained on the roster, practice squad, whatever the case, because he's a Gruden guy at this point. You get in good with the head guy, you got a, a guaranteed position, guaranteed place in, in that organization. Gruden goes away. So does Peterman. But he gets picked back up by the Bears. You know who the general manager for the Bears is? Um, Canada native Ryan Poles. Really? Yes. Oh, nice. He was an executive with the Chiefs for years. He got the GM job in the offseason, and he was the one that signed Nate Peterman to that roster. Interesting. I'm, I'm, I'd be curious, like, there's no way Nate Peterman made that roster, right? He had to have been a, uh, like a cut down and then signed the practice yeah, squad. Yeah, no, I don't, I think right? he's safe on waivers. Oh, no, no, no but my, my point is that, like, he didn't make the, the roster, the 53 out. I don't think he made the 53. Right. No, I don't think so. Um, which is neither here nor there at this point in the season. But yeah, no, I, I truly don't know how, because he can't be by performance, right? Well, I guess it could be. If it's how? In, he was a great preseason and, uh, and training camp quarterback. Okay, you know? but you have so much tape of him just throwing inners, like, every of game. Of course. Like, I can 
can, I can, I have them all burned in my memory. The five interceptions and a half against the Chargers, mm-hmm. right? The opening day where he, he couldn't last, possibly throw another interception. Uh, then Atlanta, he cost you the game with two interceptions. Like it just, oh, like, it just kept happening. Like yeah. I felt bad for the kid. They kept throwing him out there anyway. But burned. hey, I mean, he had the what was hopefully going to be the game-winning uh, touchdown to to Zay Jones coming in off the bench. You know, that was Atlanta, right? I'm pretty sure it was. He threw two picks in that. In the end or that maybe game. it was. Maybe it was against the oh. Texans. I don't know. But he had a good drive where it's like, <laughs> oh, I think I'm mean, Texans a few years ago. Um, whoever it was, but he had a good drive. And I remember Zay Jones caught the the touchdown. It was like, okay, here we go. And then you know, ended the the game on. I think may have been a pick six. It was a pick six. Yeah, it was Atlanta. Anywho, let's get back to this Jets game. Uh, let's not, you know, Mike White starting for the Jets, and he's turned this team around. His teammates wearing Mike White T-shirts getting off the bus the other day, yeah. which not great to be Zach Wilson. No. <laughs> what did Zach Wilson do to those guys where they went out of their way to be jerks yeah. with these T-shirts getting off the I, bus? That's the thing. Like, do you think they're going out of their way to be jerks to, 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 be jerks to Zach Wilson, or are they going out of their way to, to hype up Mike White for the situation that he finds himself I in. never saw them wearing Zach Wilson t-shirts, did you? Yeah, no. 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 Fair enough. Yeah. It, it seems like they're going out of their way to hurt Zach Wilson. It could be column A, column B, but like, there's no doubt about it that they, it's not a good look for Zach Wilson. So think about this. Sure. Think about this. The Jets playing in Minnesota. Yep. Right? Everybody's getting on the bus from the hotel. Uh-huh. Right? Like Zach Wilson. Ah, well, you know, Mike White's going to go start again today. Maybe I'll get my job back. You walk down in the lobby and everyone's standing there. And they're all wearing Mike White t-shirts. Like, what? Everyone you... slowly zips up their track jacket. <laughs> what do you do? Yeah. What do you say? Because I'm sure he has friends on the team he's going to, like, try and talk to. And you're talking to your buddy who's wearing a Mike White t-shirt? You call your friend who can who has a printing press and it's open a pop-up shop right near the, uh, near the stadium selling Zach Wilson jerseys for $5 a pop. That's what you do. So New York is obsessing over Mike White. He was, he made the front page of the sports of the New York Post last week. White Knight was the headline. <laughs> Let's not forget, however, what happened the last time Mike White. Who are White, the wizards that came up with this one? <laughs> The last time Mike White played the Buffalo Bills, uh-huh. a 45-17 blowout where the Bills just straight up brutalized him. Yeah, He threw four picks. Mm-hmm. He was taking hits all game. And there was a story that circulated after that game, and it's been going on for a year now, that Mike White asked to be taken out of that game against Buffalo. Ouch. I don't know if it's true. Take it for what it's worth. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the thing. It's possible that Mike White has taken a step forward in his career, and he will be a much better QB on Sunday. Mm -hmm. It's also possible that the recent success he's had is due to no film on him combined with bad opponents. Which one is it, Brian? I think it's the latter of the two. Um, but there's no doubt about it. He's got another year of experience under his belt. No, he playing. doesn't actually. He's made four starts. <laughs> he's got two more games. Four starts. He <laughs> lost to the Bills last year. He lost to the Colts last year. He beat the Bears. He lost to the Vikings last week. Yeah. Um, he's got two additional games under they're his all, belt. They're all wearing his T-shirt. He's one, he's one and two since he played the Bills. Um, yeah, no, but I mean, like, he's got more experience. You know, I'm sure he's playing with a chip on his shoulder after what happened, you know, with, with Buffalo last year. So, But what's the chip? That he threw four interceptions. But that's on him. That, oh, of course. But I mean, like, I mean, McCorkle had that thing hanging up in his locker for, you know, against the the Bills, you know, and that's motivation for you. Whether or not, like, you have a, a grudge against the team or just, you know, you want a better performance out of yourself, like, I think you play with a little bit more moxie. It means a little bit more okay, to you. I, I, I hate and that. add in the, well, I think it does, but also add in the, the clip of Jordan Poyer last year where he was being interviewed. Every one of the defensive backs got an interception in that game. Both safeties and both quarterbacks. Everyone got an interception. And I remember like someone interviewed it like during the post game, like at the locker. And he's like, Jordan Poyer is like, thank you, Mike White. Like, or like someone asked him, like, did you realize that every single person in the defensive backfield got a, uh, an interception? He goes, yeah, thank you, Mike White. You know, what'd be really funny. What? If all the defensive backs of the bills wore Mike White t-shirts on Sunday, <laughs> <laughs> or at least have them ready for after the game. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like get a call. Hey, Hey, somebody's got to know someone on that Jets roster. Sure. Right. Is, uh, is, uh, Conklin. Who is the tight end that used to play for the Bills. Is he still on that Jets roster? Um, Tyler, Tyler Conklin? Not Tyler. I, Ty Conklin. I'm thinking of the Ty, Sabres okay. goalie. Uh, yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah, who cares? Anywho. Yep. The Bills are favored by nine and a half points mm-hmm. this game on Sunday. Yeah. 
The Bills covered the spread nine last nine and a half. Nine and a half points. It's at home, bro. I you're, guess. What are you? What? What's the problem? I mean, you're playing Mike White. You're you're surprised by nine and a half. I'm surprised at nine and a half against the Jets defense. Yeah. Why? Because the Jets defense is good. You think the Bills are gonna uh, be able to? Or, I, mean, I think they could. Don't get me wrong. But like, yes, I do. Whatever, whatever you're just, gonna say, yes. The answer is yes. That just seems like a lot of points. I okay. Guess. Now let's keep in mind that the last time the Bills played the Jets, they were ravaged by injury. Yeah. Ravaged by injury. Sure. Sure. You are going to be the healthiest you've been, maybe outside of opening day. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, you don't have Vonnie's on IR, which isn't great. Mm-hmm. You got Poyer coming back, who missed the last one. Yep, Edmonds and Milano will both be good to go. They are so instrumental to this team, to this defense. I do not care what anybody says. When they are both on the field, they are awesome. Tremaine Edmonds in that game against New England. Holy crap. Dude, I... Those back-to-back plays he had, like that one thud he had at the line of scrimmage yeah. where whoever that ball carrier was mm-hmm. just collapsed into a heap of human parts. Yeah. It was insane. <laughs> but both of them are back. Ideally, Deion Dawkins can play, mm-hmm. and we saw how valuable he was against New England. I mean, yeah, why would it not be nine and a half points? What yeah, what I do mean, the Jets have going for them? Yeah, no, I, oh, I mean, they have two good offensive performances and their defense is stout. So, you know, regardless of it of it being a one-on-one split over the last two weeks, like, it just seems like a lot of points is all. Look, man, I don't want to play, you know, this play here, this play there. Sure. But, like, you go back to that Bills-Jets game in the Meadowlands. I mean, you're a Josh Allen red zone interception away from winning that game pretty comfortably. Yeah. Right? You're a defensive, a defense ravaged by injury in the fourth quarter situation from keeping them from driving the field. Yeah. Right? Like, you figure out a way to stop the run, you're fine. Yep. You're absolutely fine. Because I'm not scared of Mike White. I'm sorry. Yep. And maybe I'll be eating my words when we get back on here next week and we have to talk about that game. Mike White does not scare Because that me. hasn't happened three times this season. When did it happen? <laughs> it's happened every single loss. Where you, the week before, it's like, nothing could stop Rowan Gardner now. No, I don't know. I feel I'm pretty measured on most games. And by the way, what game did the Bills get throttled? They didn't get throttled, but you still undershot the opponent and it was like... See, but I don't think I did. Like, that loss to the Dolphins, the Bills ravaged by injury. They lost that game. The Dolphins didn't win it, if you want my humble opinion. Okay. Same with the game against the Jets and the Vikings. Like, the Bills, to your point, they don't want to turn to scares me now. It's actually the Buffalo Bills. I'll turn the question on its head. You do you. What game were the Bills beat? Do you think any of the losses, the Bills were beaten? Um... Well, yeah, all three of them. No, you know but what like, I But mean. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I think the Vikings, they were beat. You know, like they, they got beat by the Vikings. No, they didn't get beat by the Vikings. They, they, were up, they were up 17 points at one point. And the Vikings came back to beat them. Like, they, I, like I, Josh Allen, they get a fourth down and goal stop. And Josh Allen fumbles a snap in his own end zone. Sure. Even with that, they managed to go to overtime. Yeah. And Josh Allen throws an interception in the end zone. Yes. He, the, After the, they get a defensive stop. The defense beat that. Like, I'm sorry, dude. Like, you can't, like, what's the point that you're trying to prove? The point I'm trying to make is this. There are three or four fluke things that you never see happen in the NFL that led to the Bills losing games this season. The drive in Miami where you literally have three Bills that are so exhausted from the heat that they have collapsed onto the ground. Sure. Right? You were down to three healthy wide receivers in that game. Yep. And you were 20 yards away from winning that game. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. The thing with Minnesota, where you have your quarterback fumble a snap into the end zone mm-hmm. and still manage to get the ball in the in the end zone to bring it in overtime. But you're you're neglecting the complete other side of the ball what where where the, the Bills defense allowed two fourth down conversions and a an amazing third down conversion to granted a really good, arguably the best wide receiver in the there league. There was nothing you could do on that one. There's abs- you can knock the ball down. The hand up. Bro, we talked about this. It we was, did. So it don't, was, was don't it? make it Saran seem... Neal on Justin Jefferson? Don't make it seem like the only reason they lost is because the Bills beat themselves. No, like, I, no. I brought up injury. I mean, look, you have Saran Neal on Justin Jefferson. It was Saran Neal on that play, wasn't Pretty it? Pretty sure, yeah. Okay, yeah. That is a win for Justin. Of course Justin Jefferson should make that play. All right, whatever. And by the way... You sound like an apologist. No, sound, I'm not. Yeah. As we have this discussion, do you want to bang on the defense? In the loss to Miami, they held them to 21 points. Yep. In the loss of the Jets, they held them to 20 points. You gave up 33 to the Vikings. Not a great defensive day. No. No. But I'm saying, you should win two games against the Jets and the Dolphins where you hold them to 20 and 21 points. Okay. With 
body parts playing defense for you. Okay. Oh, you're going to be that guy? Okay, so you're scared of the Jets then? I'm not scared of the Jets. Well, I don't know. You're banging on the Bills roster pretty bad right now? I'm I'm not scared of the Jets. I think the Bills are going to win this game. Mm-hmm. I th- I do. I think that they are, their momentum they have built and the... Um, uh, vulnerabilities. I was trying, trying I think to I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think the vulnerabilities that they have uh, shown earlier in the season, I think, are are known to the team, and uh, they're much more conscious of them. I think they're they're there to execute. They know what's at stake. All right, free hot dog. But you don't think the Bills <laughs> win by nine and a half? Um, no, no, I don't. I think it's gonna be closer than that. Mike White. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it'll be closer than that. Probably a touchdown, okay. or they could absolutely blow the doors off. Who knows, wow, man? What a great what a great analysis job by you. They could be close or not because everyone comes to the show for the gripping analysis that I provide. No, I just you're just ridiculous when it comes to you. You know what it could be, and then it could also be this. So I'm going to cover all my bases so you can't pin me down next week. And exactly. I was wrong. Exactly. That makes you a word I don't want to say. <laughs> Smart. We'll be back next week after a big Bills win against Mike White in the New York Jets. (laughs) His name's Ryan Duffy. My name's Pat Duffy. Again, you can get us, and you know this, tell your friends. I know the Odyssey app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your shows. Sure. Check it out. Leave us a comment. Like, stars, all that good stuff. My name's Pat Duffy. His name's Ryan Duffy. And before we go, one more thing. Go Bills! Go Bills!